We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Dave Melinda. After almost 30 years of running his own company and growing it to $10 million in annual sales before selling it, Dave realized his passion was helping companies thrive by overcoming their natural tendencies to retreat, not talk about the hard stuff, and spin their wheels on the wrong things. His company, Positive Polarity, acts as the opposing force against the easy way of doing business, the way it's always been done, with a positive and encouraging approach. Dave, welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thanks for asking me. Good, good, good. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be upbeat and positive. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's about networking, so that's going to be fun. Absolutely. All right, so you wrote an Amazon number one best-selling book called Growing on Purpose. What is it all about? Yeah, actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, We spent a lot of time on talking about are growing a team. Mm-hmm. And then we spent a lot of time talking about improving the customer's experience. Okay. There's not a lot of research done that connects the two. So this book really connects the two. Hmm. There's a lot to talk about for both of those topics. And I found some great information about, you know, a, a motivated and engaged team will create an engaged, empl- uh, an engaged customer. So that's the preface that is all about spending time with your customers, you know, have a great experience for them. So we we found some great information and a, a lot of fun to do. I, I think that totally makes sense. A motivated team will create motivated customers. Yeah, people just don't, there wasn't a lot of research that backed that up. So mm-hmm. we found some and we spent some time with that, talking to different people about it and a lot of experience for uh, the last 30 years of myself doing it. So, and it actually does tie a lot into the topic of today's, uh, you know, conversation. Sure. So it should be fun. Great. So um, how exactly does tying those two things together help a business get ahead in today's business climate? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I said, so many people spend time on strengthening their team. They'll have a great team and then they may struggle with how to have a great experience or they may have a team that's not very solid and they're, you know, but they try desperately to do a great customer experience. So when you're able to do both, profit automatically happens. Customers buy more, they, they spend a uh, higher dollar, more profits involved. There's just a lot of positive things that happen. So when you connect the two together, it really, you can make a lot of money doing that. And that's why we're all working, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and for the insurance, I hear, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of truth there. It opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the engaged employees a sure. little bit. How important are they for the workplace today? Yeah, it's interesting that statistics from Gallup show that one in three people show up every day for work and they have two things on their mind. They want to improve themselves and they want to improve their company. So I was shocked when I found that out. Yeah, it's only one low. in three, right? That's low. And then there's five out of ten, roughly, that show up and they are trying to do as little as possible. It's not my job, they'll say. 
you know, they'll, they'll, they're not raising their hand to do additional work. And then there's uh, the last two people are not only disengaged, but they're actively disengaged. They're trying to take people with them to bail. So my goal is to look at those five people. And if we can, I envision a, a, a boat with 10 people on there, mm-hmm. a little rowboat, and sure. three of them are rowing. Yep. Five of them are got their hands, you know, like this, and the two in the back are wanting to jump. So it, our goal is to f- teach the five people. If we can add a couple of those people to teach them how to row, it changes the whole course of that company. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really, I focus less on the two in the back. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, sure. right? But I'm looking at those five that just, they show up, it's a job. It's not a career. They mm-hmm. just show up nine to five and then they go home. So there's a ton of opportunity with those people right there. So the goal would be to convert them into that. Percentage. Teach them how to row. Teach Absolutely. Them how to row. Yeah. Like and that. once yeah. you do that, it you know, engaged employees are, are less absenteeism, greater customer service. Um, they just they, they flourish. So that that's a great opportunity right there for a company. Yeah. So you're going in once. Um, after the whole, we've got these people on the team approach, you, not correct. necessarily par- identifying those who are rowers. We in, do both. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do both. Yeah. And we use a lot of disc assessments to be able to identify who's who in, you know, prior mm-hmm. to hiring. Because, I mean, I was on, I own my company for t- almost 30 years and I h- interviewed hundreds of people and sure. nobody once ever said what they were bad at. Yeah. Right. So how do you understand? Will they fit into this team? What's their weakness? What are things that we're going to work on together? So that's really an engaged employee. They're open. They say, this is what I'm struggling with. I need help. They're open to help. Yep. Um, I might have some blind spots. You know, they're going to talk about that. So there's just a, a, a whole different um, mindset to an engaged employee. And they're pretty easy to spot. Uh, most people, you know, probably listening right now will think, yeah, I know somebody that is engaged or isn't engaged within our team. Yeah. So, but with 3% unemployment, there's the temptation to just say, I just happy that I have someone sitting in that spot. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to sit there, let's at least teach them how to roll. Yeah. That's, I mean, totally makes sense. hundred so, yeah. percent. Um, and, and you want to get as much value out of your employees, but you want to give as much Absolutely. of a positive experience as, Absolutely. as well. For sure. Because um, really, at the end of the day, it's their decision and your decision that you're all working together. Correct. So, nice. Spend most of your day at work, right? Yes. So why not enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. It's like your second family, basically. Exactly. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Uh, I always say that, that our office, it is like a family. You spend more time with these people yep, than you do exactly, your own for sure. family, really. Yep. Um, all right. Really good insights. And I imagine you're going to tie in some of this engagement mm-hmm. um, with some of these other questions yes, that I have around sure. networking. Absolutely. So let's start talking about that. Sure. I mean, the goal of my podcast is to really help alleviate any fear that someone has with networking. Sure, make sure. it kind of an... Um, a more confident position for them. So um, can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Well, and in preparing for this, I was actually thinking of two negative things Uh of things to avoid. Okay. So, and maybe you've met some of these people that walk up. I had a guy walk up to me once and he, I never met him before. And he introduced himself, don't even remember his name or his company, but he gave me a half inch of his cards, oh. <laughs> like about 50 of them, and said, could you please hand these out to people that you know? 
Okay. I mean, number one, I yeah. didn't know him, sure. so I'm no way in the world going to do that. It was just so awkward. Yep. So that was one. And then the other one that I ran into was this attitude of entitlement where, you know, this is me. I'm here. This individual uh, uh, didn't have a name tag on. I said, so what's your name? He goes, everybody knows me. I'm like, well, I don't know you, so obviously not <laughs> everybody. Weird. So, you know, it was just unique. Um, the positive side was in uh, I do monthly uh, trainings at the Better Business Bureau in Milwaukee. Okay. And one of the big reasons that I do it is for networking opportunities. And earlier this year, I had somebody in transition in between jobs just you know, and everybody introduces himself at the beginning. So you get to know who's all in the room. There's mm -hmm. usually 20 to 30 people in the room. And a guy said, I'm in transition. This is what I want to do. And oddly enough, the guy sitting next to him needed that exact thing. That's awesome. So the next month they both came, he was employed and they were both employed. So I love that, you know, that the positive side of networking uh -huh. when it turns into something, you know, special for somebody else. So those were, I looked at it from both sides, the positives and the negatives. So Yeah, I think that's great. I th um, it was interesting to share the negatives because it's not really something that we we talk about on right, the show exactly. so i appreciate you sure. doing that and, yeah um so don't give out a half inch of cards to anybody yeah. that you just met because it puts them in a really awkward position you know the expectation of, and that entitlement of handing this mm -hmm. out to people you got to get to know who you absolutely. are for, before you do that so. and if anything you've already lost the trust of that absolutely. new person that yes, you're meeting with for sure is the exact opposite of what you want right, to do exactly, in this scenario. Yep. You should have a show, How Not to Network. You know? <laughs> that would be great. Uh, not a bad idea here. I'm going to write that one down real quick. Um, so, obviously, you're doing a lot of training, and um, you've, you've been in the business space for quite some time, built an extensive network. How do you stay in front of or nurture these relationships that, you're, that you've created? Yeah, and I think it, we really need to define our network community because it's different for different people. Uh -huh. I'm assuming you guys go national, correct? Yes, yep. So your audience is going to be completely different than somebody that's a chiropractor on the corner. Sure, absolutely. You know, they have a, or a gym, let's look at a gym membership. You know, they have a, like a three-mile radius. Uh-huh. And you have a national audience. So if that gym owner approached it the same way that you did, you would have failure because mm -hmm. what good is a gym in Milwaukee when somebody in California wants to join? Exactly. Obviously not going to work. Exactly. So I think once you define your network, then um, what I start doing is I, I, I'm looking for ways to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I add value first. So for me, I use Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn. Um, you know, I speak as often as I can. You know, podcasts like this are awesome. So that's my focus is to try and find business owners, you know, that are interested in the topics that we talk about. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it just like I, I, I wanted to make sure that we really hone in on you know, who your community is. I think it's really important to do that. Before you just jump in, because I've seen plenty of people networking that either shouldn't have been networking or they were not networking in the right, you know, space. And, and I would say everyone needs to be networking. Correct. Absolutely. But I totally agree. Probably but not in the right space. Right. Is really what it comes exactly. down to. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where, again, if I don't live around here, 
and that's, you know, downtown Milwaukee is important to me, then I need to be at events in downtown sure. Milwaukee. Absolutely. So, so what advice would you offer the professional who's looking to grow their network? Well, I always um, think that if you, I tell my clients to find out where your ideal clients are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, it's another situation where if you're selling something that is primarily, let's say you're a realtor in the Lake Country area. Mm-hmm. Doing something in Racine or Kenosha probably isn't going to be a, an effective use of that time. Sure. So, you know, um, the advice is, is I want to find out where the best client is. And the second piece that I want to make sure people do is create some kind of goal. Because I've run into a lot of people, and even I advise my clients, if you're going to network, you need to have a goal. Whether whatever that is. And so I always and and I try and take it to the next level is how many people do you want to meet? You know, and it's one thing to get a business card. But, Lori, I think it's a totally different story when you are able to set a meeting up with somebody. Oh, I agree. So if there's let's just say 100 people in a networking meeting, a great goal would be to to find three people that you see that you can add value to their life Mm -hmm. and and make a connection and try and get a, you know, a meeting set out of that. I like that um, tactical tactical tip that you shared to some extent. Because a lot of times you get a bunch of business cards. What do you do with them? Yep. If you're going to get a business card, at least then go to the extent of connecting with them on LinkedIn, reminding them how you did that. I was just at the Mayo Clinic last week speaking, and I got all these. When you're speaking, you don't have the time to sit with each person. So at the end of the thing, I have 40 or 50 cards, a bunch of different pieces of information. Mm -hmm. So now I have to sift through all that. My first thing was to connect with them on LinkedIn. Yeah. Thank you for sitting through my 10 tips to better communicate session that we did. You know, if you have questions, feel free to reach out. So, Mm -hmm. but without a goal, I think we just were leaving and we don't know if we were successful. Mm -hmm. And so that if you don't have whatever goal that is, a performance goal, behavior goal, a number goal, whatever it is. We will really have a hard time knowing if that was successful. Yeah, I agree. I think goals are extremely important. Um, And I love that you're um, reaching out and connecting on LinkedIn when you're capturing a business card. But more importantly, you're giving a custom message as opposed to just shooting people invites without any, um, you know, reference to why you want to connect with them. Right. Um, But, yeah, having a goal that says, you know, I'm going to take three people and and try to add value and and have more of a deeper discussion and conversation with them. Correct. Yeah. And I found some interesting statistics that like 83% of people don't have goals. Wow. So, and so uh, look at 83 out of those hundred people in that networking event, they did not walk in there with goals. Now, 14%, so let's say 14 of the people remaining, they have goals, but they're in their head. Hmm. And then there's only three out of those hundred that actually wrote those goals down. Interesting. Now, it translates into money in that if you have a goal in your head, you're going to be 10 times more successful than without the goal. But if you write it down, you're going to be 30 times more successful. So I'm thinking that I'm writing down the goal. I want to meet three people. 
just writing that down and having that in my pocket or having it in my notebook, wherever the statistics show, I'm going to be 30 times more successful at having that happen. Wow, those are great statistics. So that to me, and and the goals need to be smart goals. And that's very important in this because otherwise, if I have a goal of, and it's very vague, what good is it? Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like losing weight. If I say I want to lose weight, but I don't go into the specifics and I can't measure it, it's not attainable. It's it's a short lived goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think these are all great insights. Um, Kind of mind blowing that 83 percent of people don't have goals, actually. I know. And I mean, I'm (laughs) personally, I'm a very goal driven individual. So it's hard to think um, that, you know, there aren't others. that. But think of half the people just show up every day. Just they don't they don't they just to work. They don't even. They don't even roll. Yeah, this is true. They're just okay. trying to do as little as possible, you know. It's unfortunate. Yeah, but, you know, and some people, that's all they know. Yeah. So part of this education process allows them to realize that you can, you know, they, they you can give more. You're also going to get more, mm-hmm. whether it's financial, whether it's personal gain, personal satisfaction, whatever. Yep. So. Yeah. Wow. Really powerful. Um, So we've talked a lot about the in-person events, Mm -hmm. um, but you also spoke to leveraging some digital activities with connecting on LinkedIn. Correct, sure. Um, Between digital networking and traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? Well, it depends, again, on what your network community looks like. Mm -hmm. Digital is global. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always fresh. You know, so, I mean, there's some positive. It lasts a lot longer. Yep. I mean, the curve of forgetting in our brain is we forget about 80% of what we learned within 24 hours. Wow. So this podcast, you listen to it, and let's say you don't reinforce anything that we've talked about, you'll lose about 80% of it this time tomorrow. Wow. So what we really want to make sure is figuring out, that's the nice part about digital, is it does reinforce. Mm-hmm. Because if you have that reinforcement, it's like when you learned your arithmetic in school, you didn't learn your multiplication table in one day. No. It was constant repetition. Yep, absolutely. So that's what I teach from an education standpoint. From a networking perspective, if you see somebody once, the likelihood of that changing the course of their you know, behavior is pretty limited. Uh-huh. So how can you reinforce that? Sure. So ideally, selfishly, I'd want to do the traditional networking first and then digital on the back end. Yep. Because that is the best of both. If I had to pick one for me, I like face-to-face yeah. way better than digital because my, as a business coach, my, um, the sandbox that I play in is is local. Sure. I mean, I travel nationally to speak, but the vast majority of my clients are local. Okay. So yeah. again, it depends on what your networking community is. Yeah. I, I like the emphasis on the repetition and obviously um, digital makes it a lot more efficient Sure. to just yep. kind of have a message that goes one to many. Well, how many times do you have to touch somebody, Lori, before you're able to connect with yeah, them? Yeah, minimum you know? seven times, right? I would say. Um, so how often do you see that? It, it, exactly. How often is it seven times like I've seen you face to face seven times? It's going to be I'll see you once, send you an email, might throw you a video on LinkedIn. I mean, yep. you start going with all these different opportunities. Absolutely. So. Yeah, really good Um point as well is that there has to be that um, consistent um, repetition in order to start embedding 
um, who you are right. and the value you bring into someone's right. mindset. Sure. Good. Okay, Dave. So if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional Well, I'm career? only 22, so that means <laughs> I'd start when I was two. But actually, um, I think the two pieces that I would tell myself is I wrote I, I wrote the book Growing on Purpose because mm-hmm. there's so many people that I run into, and it was me for so long, that just grow by mistake. We're not, there's no plan. There's no real process, no path. We're yep. just, we're just, you know, existing. So I would tell myself, you know, to be more purposeful. And then I would also, based on those statistics we talked about, definitely set more goals. Because I think we just do, like you just said prior to us jumping on the air, you know, it's already October. Yep. So what have you done in 2019? Yep. You know, where are you with your goals? I'm already, you know, starting on my 2020 list. Mm-hmm. And so where where does that, you know, where do you as the listener sit in, in that spot? Mm-hmm. Again, is it just another year? And so many people start um, January 1st with all these great ideas. They're going to change the world. They're going to lose <laughs> weight. They're going to eat better. They're yep. going to exercise all this stuff. And, you know, I, I go to the gym about four to five times a week. And in January, everybody says, oh, there's the, oh, yeah. there's the rush. Yep, yep. Give it a couple of weeks. You know? I've definitely seen that. <laughs> and that's, you know, so that's, I think, the goal setting piece that I mm-hmm. definitely would, um, you know, change about my 20 years ago when yep. I first started. So, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I actually try to avoid the gym the first three weeks right? of January. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yep. Shovel snow or something. Yep, Get yep. your cardio yeah, that way. Do something else. <laughs> for sure. Um, no, again, I think uh, both very um, powerful pieces of advice is to be more purposeful in your actions. And um, I love the I love the title of your book, Growing on Purpose. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, but being strategic in your goals is really important. And for sure, I don't know why January one just seems to be the it day. Feels good, and it yeah, feels really kind good. Of fresh, yeah. fresh plate because there's a different yep. year that you're writing. On your and I remember I like know. not wanting to eat potato chips ever again. <laughs> and so like by noon on the first day, I'm like, this feels really good. And then noon on the second day, I'd already eaten chips. So yep, yep. I was like, forget that. You know? <laughs> That's great. All right, so we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with, and do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? You know, I I pondered on this a lot, and because of the fact that I'm not people-focused, I'm behavior-focused. Okay. I'm trying to find the person that I would want to meet is somebody that I can help. That's everything that I say at the end of my, whether it's a training or a Mm -hmm. coaching session is, are you better off now than when you came in here? If the answer is no, then I really didn't do my job. Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then the question is, like you said in your intro, we talk about the tough stuff. Yep. I mean, networking is hard mm-hmm. because a lot of it's done after hours. You've already worked your full day. Mm-hmm. Or you take your lunch to do it. The last thing so many people want to do is just get in the car and go do this. So my focus is trying to find people that I can help. So I I don't even have an answer on the six degrees separation. And maybe this is a blind spot of mine. I've never thought of it. And even when I was preparing for this, thinking about it, I'm like, I don't even know the answer to that. I'm like, I'm focused on the behavior side for people. Mm -hmm. So I would be probably turning that around to you and say, who would you want to meet? Because as a coach, 
that's the whole goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think of Phil Jackson when he coached Michael Jordan. What did Michael Jordan need a coach for? Yep. So, because people ask me, I don't need a coach. And I said, you probably don't need a coach. All I can tell you is look around at professional athletes throughout the world. For Mm -hmm. whatever reason, they felt they needed a coach. Who could tell Tiger Woods how to swing? Yeah. Somehow they did. Yep. So there's some advantage there. So, um, you know, my journey in that case would be looking for people that really were had behaviors that they wanted to accomplish. Interesting. So cool. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. So someone who is running a business and obviously a big fan of continuous education. Sure. Absolutely. I would imagine that you're doing some some reading on your own or Correct. listening to some yes. podcasts or anything. So would you like to share with our listeners? Yeah, actually, right now I'm reading The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Okay. And I totally don't even know how I got it. I read about uh, a, a book a quarter. Okay. So, and, and she's talking about how to be happier. Okay. And it just seemed like it was like, huh, it was light, not light, but it was lighter. It was not a business book as much as it is a, a self-help book. Sure. Okay. So she goes through every month, comes up with a different thing. And oh, cool. I'm, fin- I'm just in January and they were talking about clutter in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so one of the cool things she said was just have an empty uh, drawer just so you can have an empty drawer. It actually feels kind of cool. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, to try that. So nice. Um, but yeah. So I mean, and there's so many podcasts. There's so much information, mm-hmm. and and I've been really trying to protect my time because what if we're gonna forget most of what we learned? Like I said, that curve of forgetting is so high that I really am finding ways to reinforce. You know, I write in every book that I have. So I go back to just the highlighted stuff so that I can say, why did I buy this book? What's here to help me? Otherwise, I just keep reading and you keep, I feel like I'm piling on and I didn't learn the last book. Sure. And I'm piling on new stuff. So, you know, it's kind of hard. That's a a tough one. Yeah. No, I I mean, I I totally understand that. I do a ton of reading, both self-help business books and then some for fun books. But... Um, to some extent, you can, I mean, I don't want to say you can only learn so much, but you, right. because you, you only retain a portion of it, but what's impactful is taking action on the things Correct. that you're, you're right. take soaking in as opposed to just right. how much can I learn? Right. Yeah. And I tell a good book, if I, there's a lot of highlights in it, it's a good book. Yeah. And nice. if there's not, then it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I look at like sixth grade education. That's how, that's the level uh-huh. that they tell you to speak at yep. and to, to write at. Yep, absolutely. It was right about there. Mm-hmm. And I hope people don't get offended by that. It just, it needs to be simple. Yep. And when I'm reading books that I have to stop, put the book down to get a dictionary, mm-hmm. I'd, I struggle with that yeah. for me personally. I am the same so. way. No, I, I abdicate that 100%. Awesome. Um, when I uh, educate our clients on blogging, best sure. practices is right at a sixth grade level. Right. I mean, you, you don't want people to think too hard about what the message is, the problem yep. that you can solve for them. Yes, you need absolutely. to make it, keep it simple and make them want to connect and, and want to hear more. For from sure. You. Absolutely. Um, do you ever just stop reading a book because of that? Oh, I have like books that are like half read. Yeah. You know, and then they're just sitting there and then I look at it and I go, boy, did, where'd this come from? Yep. And then I open it and the third of it is highlighted and I either lost interest. I feel like I gained what I wanted mm-hmm. from it. 
So, and I just, I, I'm at the point in my life, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't have to go cover to cover. Yeah. There's, it's not like school where you're going to get tested <laughs> on every yeah. single piece, right? Yeah. Yep. Something was that got me there, you know, and, yep. and, and so I'm, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So. I used to feel guilty about not finishing books. Right. I don't know Isn't why. Crazy? <laughs> yeah. I didn't owe it to anyone to right? finish Right. Exactly. It, yeah. it wasn't like you had to do a book report. Yeah. And it wasn't, nobody was waiting yep. for the book back or anything. Yeah. So. No, I've, I've learned that it's okay to just say, this one's not for me. Yeah, and then I, I can't go on. to the library and take a book out because I write in them. Yeah. So they don't they don't appreciate that. So all right. So um, I know you've listened to some podcasts and maybe you've caught that I've been doing this, but I'm throwing the microphone back at you right sure. now and giving you an opportunity to interview me. So what is something that you'd like to ask me? What? I, that's a great question. So what is your favorite part of your day? Oh, wow, there's lots of favorite parts. Um, I have two, actually. Okay. I, lo- I love meeting new people sure. and just kind of learning what what they're doing, where they got started, um, when, what they're trying to achieve. But I, I love um, being strategic and okay. putting strategies together based on, you know, learning what those challenges are and saying, I, I've got some ideas on how we can sure. solve cool. that problem for awesome. you. Yeah, strategies to some people are very um, daunting, right? Mm-hmm. Just that word. I think of war and I think of streets. It's just like, I just want to sell something or I just want to talk, you know, I just want to do something simple. Uh And so it's, it's, that's a a word that kind of puts me in a tailspin because it's so true. You Uh need those strategies, right? It's like, where do you get them? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle calling somebody like you or somebody like me. They've been taught that they're the jack of all trades. They got to know everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it's helpful to call, you know, professionals and help with what you, you don't know what you don't know. Correct. And my next book is based on business blind spots that I'm in the process of writing right oh, now. Cool. And because people struggle, I mean, you don't know your blind spot, Lori. Correct. I don't know mine I unless yeah. somebody tells me. Yeah. And we're so afraid to say anything. So that's that that that's really cool. So my blind spot is big words like strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, what do I do with that? You know? So but yeah. that's awesome. Um no, I, there's a lot of truth to the whole blind spot thing. I mean, really you don't know what you you don't know and yep. um it, I and think you're responsible to know what you don't know correct right yeah as a business owner if you go to the bank and say i didn't know that they say oh don't worry sir you don't have to pay your bill you know you don't have to pay your loan this month sure. or whatever they yeah. still expect <laughs> money even yeah, though you have exactly. a blind spot right so i i think uh, coaches and you know companies like you guys help a ton with people's blind spots mm-hmm. you know to be able to help them successfully navigate this their business that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of value to having someone educate you on things that you don't know. Absolutely. But you got to be open to receiving it. Right. Absolutely. And and, and don't take it um, defensively. I think some people are defensive when they hear some of these um, learning about their blind spots. Right. And I think a lot of it too is how I tell you about your blind spot. If I come off the top rope, and I'm really aggressive mm-hmm. and, you know, mean to you almost. Like, I can't believe you do that, Lori. Do you know, you know, mm-hmm. your wall's going to go up sure. and you're a lot less likely to receive that. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the blind spot training has to do with being able to share it in a way that is still, it's a safe environment. Yes. Because yep. without that safety and trust, 
we're not going to listen to anything that is said to us. Because all we're trying to do is justify in our mind. Because if you said to me, Dave, do you know you do that? And I wasn't prepared for that. I'd be like, Lori, you do it worse than I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're trying to deflect and justify. Or you think I do this? You know what you do? I mean, it's that's the unhealthy communication that goes on. And so in blind spots, the goal is to try and really be able to have a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And when you say, do you know you do that? I'm hoping that I say, wow, I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing. Tell me some more. Yeah. Right. Let's dig a little deeper. What did you see? What did you, you know, what did you gather from that? Mm -hmm. And that really ties back into networking. If you're going to do the same thing over and over. At least ask somebody around you about how, you know, have them rate your skill. How good am I at networking? Mm -hmm. And then be open to whatever the response is. Yeah. Because otherwise you're never going to get any better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Constructive criticism. No one likes that anymore, right? Those uh, oxymoron, right? It's I love be, it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, some, I thrive on yeah, that, Yeah, some actually. people just run the other way when that happens, you know? <laughs> but I like strategy, too. Yeah, so. exactly. See, those, both of those. Well, I need to figure out how I can get better. There you go. It. I need yep. everyone to tell me what I'm doing wrong. That's awesome, for sure. <laughs> so feel free to reach out to me if you know I'm doing something wrong. There you go. <laughs> All right, Dave. Any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? You know, I, I think... What I want to leave people with is that networking needs to be a win-win. There's two people involved in networking. And if it doesn't benefit both people, then I don't think it was successful networking. Mm -hmm. So I go all the way back to the beginning. The guy that gave me a half inch of his business cards, it was not a win-win. Correct. Now, it was a win in his mind. It was a win for him. And it really turned out if I would have followed through with it, it would have been a chore for me. Yeah. And so that's really not a win-win. And so I understand and I've come to terms with the fact that I want to find people that I can help. Mm -hmm. I also want to make sure that they understand how they can help me. And we're so often not wanting to you know, it's either one way or the other, right? We're either out to help somebody and not get anything back or we're purely out for ourselves and we'll never give. Yeah. And and so I I knew somebody once that I helped them tremendously. I gave them five companies to go after. They were five for five. They sold five of these jobs. And so I I was super excited and mm-hmm. I said, hey, can you return the favor? I have something for that I need from you. Yeah. And they they said no. I mean, it wasn't even like, yeah, thank you. Oh, it was like, no. That's unfortunate. And so, you know, it wasn't a win-win. And so if you're going to look at your networking, um, you know, moving forward, Figure out how it can be win-win. Yeah. Because otherwise, you people are not going to want to network with you. Yeah, I agree with and that. And I, my goal is to always walk in with something for somebody else long before I get something from them. Absolutely. So. Yeah, really good. All right, Dave. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best yeah. way they can reach you? So um, Dave at PositivePolarity.com is my email address. Okay. Positive Polarity, all one word. That's the easiest way. And if you want to call me, uh, you can call 414-322-2358. 
All right. And we will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you Super. so much for taking the time yeah, to connect sure. with us. Yeah, for sure. This was fun. Lots of fun. All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Dave for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.